last week we launched, um, Judith launched, um, our latest series, Seven Signs and Seven Sayings. Um, Fourteen messages spread over the next few months. Um, and the series will actually take us into uh, the new year because there are a few events like Christmas um, dotted around in between. So we might not hit every single week on this series, but most of the preaching over this next season will be on this um, series. Uh, the seven signs and seven sayings, as Judith um, explained to you last week, are all found in John's gospel. Lots of imagery and metaphors are to be found in John's gospel. He was a big fan of helping us to understand what God is like. So, for example, the Holy Spirit is like living water. Rather than kind of long, complicated theological explanations uh, and technical words, John was a fan of powerful images to help us understand who God is. And that's the point of John's gospel. He really wants us to understand who Jesus is. Not just to know facts about him, but to know him personally. Which is why we read in John chapter 20 and verses 30 and 31, Jesus performed many other signs in the presence of his disciples, which are not recorded in this book, but these are written that you may believe that Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of God, and that by believing, you may have life in his name. And that's our heart, that's our desire, is that by knowing who Jesus is, by encountering him again through these seven signs and these seven sayings that we're going to look at over these next weeks and months, that we would know him better. And that by believing in him, for who he truly is, that we might have eternal life. That we might have God's life in our lives. That we might experience that to a greater dimension. Would anybody here today like to have more of God's life in their life? Yes, one or two. Why have the rest of you bothered coming? <laughs> I wouldn't waste your Sunday morning if you don't want more of God's life in your life. But we think God's life is the most amazing life possible. We think his life is life to the full. That's why we're here. And so he invites us to experience more of his life. So even if you don't know him, even if this is new to you, even if somehow you wandered in off the street by accident this morning and you think, what on earth am I doing with these crazy people? Well, we believe that God wants you to know his amazing life in your life. That's the invitation that Jesus makes to us all. So this week, we are looking at the second sign. The first sign, if you may remember, if you were around last week or if you've caught up online, and as Bab said, if you haven't managed to do that, um, all our messages are available um, on our YouTube channel, which I think is Making Jesus Famous TV. Um, so you can find it there or just find it via the website. Um, catch up on the ones that you miss um, throughout this series because it really will build a, a full picture. But that first sign when Jesus turned water into wine was in John chapter 2. Um, and next, after John chapter 2, before we get to the sign we're going to deal with today, right after um, telling us about water into wine in John chapter 2, um, John tells us about Jesus 
um, driving the money changers out of the temple. Some of you will remember that story. Um, there's people uh, in the temple courts. They're selling things. They're exchanging money. They're doing their business. And the temple's supposed to be like a place of prayer and encounter with God. And they've turned it into like this marketplace. And so Jesus um, drives them out. And then we read immediately after that, because he's um, in Jerusalem, the whole reason he's at the temple, he's gone to Jerusalem for the Passover. So we read about how during the Passover festival, while Jesus is in Jerusalem, he performs many signs, and many people believed in him. So remember, John has already told us, uh, we've already read from the end of his book, that not all the signs that Jesus did are recorded here. So when we say seven signs, we're not saying that Jesus only ever did seven signs. We're saying John thought that seven of them were important to tell us about. So he's already telling us here that actually at that Passover festival, after the water into wine incident, after Jesus had driven the money changers out of the temple, um, he was at the Passover and he performed lots of signs and many people believed in him. Then he tells us, John tells us, about quite a famous conversation that Jesus has with a man called Nicodemus. Anyone heard of Nicodemus? Anyone know what Jesus told Nicodemus? Probably one of the most famous verses in the Bible. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. That conversation has come just after the water into wine, the driving out of the temple, many signs. People are believing in Jesus' name. And so Jesus explains to Nicodemus how people can enter into his kingdom. And then John the Baptist starts explaining to people about Jesus. And then Jesus has a conversation with a Samaritan woman at the well. Some of you, again, will remember that story, this woman who's um, had a number of husbands and is now with somebody else, and she's just talking to Jesus, and she makes the point that she doesn't have a husband, and he suddenly says, well, actually, no, that's right, because you've had, you know, X number of husbands, and now the person you're with isn't your husband, and she's amazed, and she goes and tells everybody, and it's an amazing conversation. So we're going to pick up in John chapter 4 and verses 43 to 54. John chapter 4 and verses 43 to 54. After the two days, he left for Galilee. Now, Jesus himself had pointed out that a prophet has no honor in his own country. When he arrived in Galilee, the Galileans welcomed him. They'd seen all that he'd done in Jerusalem at the Passover festival, for they had also been there. Once more, he visited Cana in Galilee, where he had turned the water into wine. And there was a certain royal official whose son lay ill at Capernaum. When this man heard that Jesus had arrived in Galilee from Judea, he went to him and begged him to come and heal his son, who was close to death. Unless you people see signs and wonders, Jesus told him, you will never believe. The royal officials said, Sir, come down before my child dies. Go, Jesus replied. Your son will live. The man took Jesus at his word and departed. While he was still on the way, his servants met him with the news that his boy was living. 
When he inquired as to the time when his son got better, they said to him, yesterday at one in the afternoon, the fever left him. Then the father realized that this was the exact time at which Jesus had said to him, your son will live. So he and his whole household believed. This was the second sign Jesus performed after coming from Judea to Galilee. The start of our passage uh, might seem a little confusing. Jesus has already said that a prophet has no honor in his own country. But Galilee is his own country. And we're told in our passage that the people welcomed him. So what's going on there? Jesus says a prophet is without honor in his own country. But then John says, well, the people welcomed him. Well, we need to think about why they welcomed him. They welcome him because we're told they had seen what he did at the Passover. Remember, what did we say before happened at the Passover? He performed many signs. Jesus did lots of signs. He did lots of miracles. Lots of amazing, exciting stuff was going on. And the people got excited about it. So when he comes to Galilee, they welcome him. Why do they welcome him? Because they are excited because we want Jesus to do more signs. But in John chapter 2 and verse 23 to 25, when the Bible, when John tells us about those signs that he did at the Passover, we read this. Now, while he was in Jerusalem at the Passover festival, many people saw the signs he was performing and believed in his name. But Jesus would not entrust himself to them, for he knew all people. He did not need any testimony about mankind, for he knew what was in each person. It seems that there's a hint here that Jesus knows why they're getting excited. They're getting excited about the signs and the wonders, but are they really putting their faith in him? It seems that Jesus knows on this second occasion in our passage that we're concerned with today in John 4, that as he comes to Galilee, even though they're excited and they're welcoming him, he knows how fickle we people are. He knows what we can be like. He knows we can get excited about the signs and the wonders, but have they really resulted in us putting our hope and our faith in him? There is a danger that we see miracles and God's provision and God's healing in our lives, all of which we understandably long to experience. Of course we long to experience whether, uh, healing where there is sickness. Of course we long to experience God's provision where there is lack. Of course we long for the miracles of God at work in our lives and in the life of our community. But there is a danger that we chase the miracles and the provision and the healing more than the life in Jesus that those miracles, those signs, those healings, those provisions, those wonders are supposed to point towards. Because this is the point of a sign. A sign points you to a destination. A signpost shows you where you're going. 
And Jesus, John's already told us, wants to point us towards life in God. He wants us to experience life in God. So as Jesus performs these signs, it's supposed to show us that he has come from God and is enabled to give us life in God. And so he does these wonderful and amazing things. In this case, he brings this official's son from a point of dying into life. He restores him to life. And that's the point. Jesus is showing, if you will put your hope and your trust in me, I can bring you from death to life. Now, how many of us know that that royal official's son, however long a life he grew up to lead, actually one day died? That royal official's son is not still living, as far as we know, on the earth today. He still died. So the point of what Jesus does here is not just to point us towards his physical life in the here and now, because he went on to die. You see, sometimes we, we kind of get this expectation that signs, wonders, and miracles, it's like God's way of giving us all the things we want in our lives. It's like the, it's like the, the kind of doctor's surgery that we come to receive healing. And don't misunderstand me. I believe in a God who heals. I believe in a wonderful God of miraculous healing. I believe that Jesus has done all that is necessary at the cross for the, the effects of our sin in this world to be reversed. And so the curse, all the effects of our rejection of God, all the sickness, all the disease, all the poverty, all the, all the disharmony, all the injustice, all that's wrong in our world, Jesus has done all that is necessary to put that right at the cross. But the Bible also teaches us that we are waiting for a kingdom. We are receiving a kingdom that will one day come in all of its fullness. You see, we enter into that kingdom through faith in Jesus. But there is a future day that is coming when Jesus will return to the earth. And when Jesus comes back to the earth, he will bring God's kingdom in all of its fullness. So we will experience no more death, no more sickness, no more pain, no more injustice, no more loneliness, no more poverty, no more crime, no more oppression, no more demonic influence in people's lives. We will be set free from all of it and the world will be perfectly as God intended it to be. That day we believe is coming. Jesus points us towards that day. And what Jesus does with these signs is he starts to show us this future life breaking into our world. He starts to show us the realities of that future where there is no sickness, where there is no death, where there's no injustice, where there's no poverty. The signs point us towards eternal life with God through Jesus Christ. The signs point you towards faith in Jesus so that you can enter into eternal life. Probably ought to get back on my notes. Unless you people, John 4, 48, see signs and wonders, Jesus told him, you will never believe. 
See, this is the point of the signs that you would believe. That you would believe. And, my friends, because Jesus goes on to say, doesn't he, that anyone who has faith in him will do the works that he's been doing and even greater works than these. So Jesus still wants to do signs and wonders through his followers today. But the point of those signs is not just therapy for us as the church. The point of those signs is not just so that we can get all the things that we want in this world. The point of those signs is so that people might have faith in Jesus. Because God longs for people to be reconciled in relationship with him and be part of eternal life. He longs for us to live in his kingdom forevermore. To never be separated from his life-giving presence. And so he brings these signs into our world as signs that he has come from heaven. That he is bringing heaven's life into our world so that we can enter into it by faith and be part of God's amazing future. The signs are supposed to lead us to a place of faith. Remember John 20, 31, these things are written that you may believe that Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of God, and that by believing you may have life in his name. And don't you find it interesting that part of the sign here is that this man has to believe before he sees anything. He took Jesus at his word. He took Jesus at his word. And he saw God's kingdom breaking into his world in a spectacular and fantastic and amazing way that resulted in the healing of his son. He took Jesus at his word. But the point here is that we would take Jesus at his word. That when he says, I am the way and the truth and the life, and we'll come on to that in the I am sayings of Jesus. But when he says, I'm the way to the Father, when he says, if you put your faith in me, you can enter into God's kingdom. He wants us to take him at his word. He wants us to take him at his word because he longs for us to be part of his kingdom. And taking Jesus at his word results in life. And that's the point of the sign. Life in Jesus. I do believe, as I've said, that God's desire for all of us is that we would live in an unbroken world, full of perfect peace, harmony, justice, where there is no sickness, where there's no lack. But although God created that world, and he did, he created a perfect world, but it became broken because we rejected God as humanity. And we won't fully live in that world until Jesus comes back. At the end of the age, when he restores everything to God's original intention. So the promise of Jesus has never been that you will never experience sickness or death in this world. But rather that you will never experience death in eternity. Only perfect life. Perfect relationship with God through Jesus. John 3.16, for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him shall not perish 
but have eternal life. I don't know if you remember these verses from a few weeks ago when I preached about the subject of persecution. But in Mark 10, 29 and 30, we read, Truly I tell you, Jesus replied, No one who has left home or brothers or sisters or mother or father or children or fields for me in the gospel will fail to receive a hundred times as much in this present age. Homes, brothers, sisters, mothers, children, and fields. Yes, he blesses us along with persecutions. And in the age to come, eternal life. He will be with you. He'll bless you. There'll be wonderful signs along the way of God's goodness, of his kingdom breaking into our world. But yes, there'll be struggles. Yes, there'll be suffering. Yes, there'll be things that you have to go through. So miracles, signs, and wonders is not a promise that nothing will ever hurt you. But it's a promise that God will be constantly breaking into our world with proof, with evidence, with with signs to people around us that this hope that we have is real. That this hope for eternity is real. That what he says on behalf of his Father in heaven is real. That he demonstrates that he is accredited to us by signs and wonders. In the age to come, we will enjoy eternal life. Eternal in the sense of quality, not just quantity. The fullness of life. Life to the full that Jesus promised. John 17, 3, Jesus prayed, Now this is eternal life, that they know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, whom you have sent. So here's the challenge for all of us. You see, knowing God through a relationship with Jesus is better than healing. But it's a challenge because we have to ask ourselves if we really believe that. Is knowing God through relationship with Jesus really better than healing? Is knowing God through relationship with Jesus really better than my debts being wiped out? Is knowing God through relationship with Jesus better than a a miracle of protection in a dangerous situation is the thing that really matters to me more than anything else knowing God through relationship with Jesus am I more interested in the sign or am I more interested in where the sign is pointing me towards Tom Wright writes about this passage in his commentary. And he says, imagine if we all went around obsessing about the signposts on our roads. Taking photos all the time. Well, this is sign type A129. I'm sure there are some people out there. They must exist, right? The sign admirers. It's not really what I want to be focused on. I want to be focused on the destination. Healing points us to Jesus through whom we can know God. And that is the most amazing miracle. Isn't that the most amazing miracle that you and I can know God, the eternal God who created the universe, who rules over and sustains all things? We can know him. We can be loved by him. We can enjoy relationship with him for eternity. He really was sent by God 
Jesus Christ, God the man, sent by his Father into our world to bring heaven into our world, to open up heaven, that we could enter into eternal life, to make it possible for you and me to enter into God's kingdom, his rule and his reign, so that you could have eternal life, life to the full. So I want to ask you some questions this morning for you to reflect on. If you're part of a connect group, then I'd suggest that maybe you could reflect on these questions in a connect group. And if you're not part of a connect group, what a brilliant time to join. Um, You can visit the help desk afterwards at the back and we'd try and um, connect you with a a group near to you. Um, You might want to take these these questions will come up one at a time. So you might want to take a picture of the screen. um, Because even if you're not in a connect group, I want to invite you not just to think about these this morning, but to take opportunity over the coming week to think about these questions. So you might want to get your phones out and and take a picture of each of these questions. Firstly, miracles such as healing are signs that point to life with God through faith in Jesus. Miracles such as healing and others are signs that point to life with God through faith in Jesus. But do you ever find yourself focusing more on the sign than the destination. Secondly, you've got that before I change the screen. Secondly, John seems to be showing us that life in God through faith in Jesus is more valuable and important than anything else. But how much do we long for that for the people around us? How much are you bothered by? You see, I'm guessing that most of us are really moved if someone around us, someone that we love or someone that we work with is really sick. I'm guessing that when we want them to experience a miracle of healing in their life because of sickness, I'm guessing that most of us, unless we've like got pretty hard hearts, we'd be moved by their situation and we'd long to see them get well. How much am I moved by someone not knowing Jesus? If that's what the healing is supposed to point towards, if that's supposed to be the greater thing, as much, do not hear me wrong this morning, Jesus cares about people that are sick. Jesus cares. He, he, he empathizes. He feels our pain. He, he cares about the things we go through in this life. We will pray for anyone who is sick. We will pray for you today. We want to see you healed. The Bible tells us to pray for the sick. So we're all into that. We believe in that. But the signs are supposed to point us towards faith in Jesus. How much do we long for faith in Jesus for the people around us, for our neighbors, our colleagues, our family members? How much does it trouble us if they don't know Jesus? Does it trouble me as much as if they were sick? And thirdly, do we long to see more miracle signs and wonders for the sake of the lost or for the meeting of our own needs? When we get excited about miracle signs and wonders, yes, we believe in a God of miracles, are we more excited about the meeting of our own needs or are we more excited about the fact that the lost are going to get to see the life of God on display through people filled with Jesus? That they might get drawn to him as well. So 
those things to think about. I'm going to invite um, Kalani and the team to come back and just lead us in a song um, as we close. But I wonder if maybe as we sing, we could even reflect on maybe one or two of those questions has really grabbed hold of you as you've heard that this morning. So I invite you to carry on reflecting on that this week. I invite us to talk about it in our connect groups, to pray into it. I long, personally, my prayer is that we would see a far greater dimension of signs, wonders, and miracles in our midst as a community. I believe it's God's calling upon us as a community to be a center of healing. But not just, I want us to be well, don't get me wrong. What kind of person would I be? What kind of pastor would I be if I wanted the members of our church to be sick? I don't want that. I want us to be healed. I want us to be well. But the thing we're supposed to long for more than anything else. Do you get what I'm saying this morning? The thing we're supposed to long for more than anything else is that people would see Jesus. That they would fall in love with him. That their lives would be transformed. And they would get to spend eternity with him. Amen. Amen.